Welcome to Homeschool Your Way, the upbeat, open-minded podcast that informs and affirms your choices about your kids' education. We'll provide a buffet of ideas to inspire you to homeschool your way, because your way is the best way. All of the content on the Homeschool Your Way podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical or legal advice. The views expressed by the hosts or guests of the show are not necessarily endorsed by Bookshop. Welcome to Homeschool Your Way. I'm your host and Bookshark's community manager, Jana Cook. This episode is part two of the Homeschooling Middle School. My guest is author, speaker, and homeschool mom, Andrea Thorpe. Andrea is a mom of three girls, one of which is graduated and thriving in college. Her middle daughter is currently homeschooled and dual enrolled at their local community college. And like myself, her youngest is a homeschooled middle school student. If you missed the first half of our conversation, go to bookshark.com slash podcast to catch up. There you will find over a hundred episodes to help you homeschool your way. Let's jump in for the rest of Andrea's story. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about homeschooling middle schoolers, not how to just survive, but we are going to talk about how you can thrive in your home while homeschooling middle schoolers. So if I'm having a disagreement with with one of my girls and and you know there's a lot of emotions and then you get ego in there and, and you know and they think I'm always right and I think I'm pretty much always right so there there's that but when you when I stop and say what's my heart my heart is not to control you my heart is not to um, be a taskmaster. My heart is to see you succeed. So if mm. you, if we can come to an agreement and you can show me how you want to try something in order to succeed a different way than I could even fathom, then I, then I need to be willing to allow that to happen. Right. right. But if I'm, if I can only envision that it's only going to work out one way, that's not that's not life. That's not being real either. So again, it's this weird transition time of everybody's kind of pulling and pushing and and it can be done in such a beautiful way to capture this idea of building creativity and critical thinking and and not taking it personally that they're questioning the way I it's worked for me. Why wouldn't it work for you this way? But the older I get, the more I realize, oh my gosh, there's not, it's not just one way. No, it's not. And I like what you said um, about how it's not about controlling. I, I like to think of it more as preparation. I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to prepare you for what's going to happen in the future. And we want them to be free um, to make mistakes at home so that they can learn and not have to make those same mistakes out, you know, outside of the, the safety or the comfort of family. Make those mistakes here with us where people are going to speak to you in a loving manner, where people are going to gently correct you, gently set you back on the proper path. Because when you get out into the real world, people people may not do that. So pre- preparation rather than control. That's a good point. And then letting those consequences happen, because yeah. let's talk about that. It's yeah. sometimes it's so much easier to just stop it before it happens because you know how much work it's going to take to clean up, whether it's, 
you know, something as simple as, you know, spilling a cup of water, right? Like we can see it happening. We want to stop it from happening. But then it's the logical consequences that are such a good teacher and they can't get mad at us. (laughs) (laughs) I like that part. They can't get mad at us. But your point is a good one. Sometimes we have to let them mess up with the with the sole intent of letting them see the consequences for the choices that they've made right and sometimes you know sometimes they they get into this place where you know i i hear a lot at my house i can do it i know what i'm doing and you know i'm fighting the urge to say no you don't I can see that this is going to happen. That's going to happen. This is going to be a problem. But I have to learn to, you know, (laughs) zip the lip and throw away the key for a little bit and let them, you know, make those mistakes. And when they do make the mistakes, this is the important thing that we are not there saying, told you, if you had listened to me, this never would have happened. That's not, you know, again, that's that point of not controlling, but preparing when they make those mistakes and things don't go the way that they wanted to or the way that they expected them to. And they don't turn out the way they thought they would for us to be able to, you know, make ourselves available for them to come to and feel comfortable talking about the mistakes that they made. And so for for me, that kind of looks like asking, you know, asking questions, you know, and not in a condescending way. You know, I know you said, you know, you were planning to, you know, set your schedule this way. How did that work out for you last week? And now I can see that she might be stressed, but I didn't say, how did that work out for you last week? You look really, really stressed. My question just is, how did that work out for you? I know you took you you took control of that schedule and that's the way you decided you wanted it to be. How did that work out for you? Allowing her to feel free to tell me um, how things worked out. Now, sometimes, you know, these are middle schoolers. Sometimes you'll get, it was fine. Um, but other times, you you know, you'll get the, 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 the truth, the real explanation. Um, and when, when they explain to you what they thought, you know, oh, I thought it was going to be like this. And then th- that's your opportunity to ask more questions. Oh, it's interesting. Why did you think that? Not saying, why did you think that? Because you should have known when I told you before, just why did you, why did you think that was going to, why did you think that was going to be the way? And then if the time is right saying, you know, did you want, did you want to talk about it? Can I give you, I have, I have a couple ideas. Did you want to hear what my suggestions were? And sometimes the answer is no, mom, I don't want to hear your suggestions. And that's okay too. As long as it's said with respect. Sometimes she goes back to the drawing board and figures it out herself, which is like the best thing, the best feeling ever. But then there are other times where later on she'll come back and be, you know, and be ready to say, I wasn't ready to talk about it then, but can you help me with this? And the bonus of that part is with that middle school time and that early high school time is they feel like they're in control. It's not us who's telling them what to do. They're the ones who get to say and get to come and kind of give direction. Now, if it's something, you know, really um, problematic, no middle school mom is going to watch their kid, you know, flounder and just, you know, struggle. But as much as possible, we can ask questions and kind of guide them and give them directions um, after they fail. Because you, you know, the, some of the best lessons I've learned in my in my lifetime have come because I have messed up big time. 
And we can't, as parents, replicate that. Sometimes we need to just let life do what life does and then help our kids, you know, pick up the pieces. And I'm not, you know what I mean. I'm not talking about with, you know, um, big, huge decisions, but as they're trying to fit themselves in and especially as they're dealing with their peers, that's another, that's another time where things can get a little bit funny because I'll say, well, how's so-and-so doing? I haven't heard her name come up in, in conversation lately. How is she? And then just through that, you find out there was some kind of disagreement or some kind of, you know, some kind of problem. Oh, well, how are you guys going to, do you have any plans to work that out? Those type of things where you're just asking the questions and not saying, well, this is what you should do. You should pick up the phone. You should do this. You should do that. And not me picking up the phone to call the child's mother and say, hey, did you notice that there's a problem between my daughter and yours? Letting life do what life does and just being there to guide them. That that's helpful. I think it all comes back to that idea of being okay with being uncomfortable. Because all of these things that we talked about, it, it's uncomfortable. We don't want our children to fail. We don't want our children to have pain. We don't want our children to not be liked by somebody. I mean, we have all these things that, you know, there, there's a, there's a, um, it's tempting to try to create a utopia for our children, mm. but it is almost disabling them from being able to move on to the next phase of their life where they will be independent. And so as much as my heart breaks, when I see my middle schooler in tears about a missed assignment or a struggle with a friend, I really have to control my own emotions instead of come here, baby girl, mama's going to make it all better for you. Don't worry about a thing. It's sitting there and letting them cry and just holding them and saying, yeah, that that doesn't feel good, does it? And, and I'm sorry. I mean, but it it's something that I don't like. <laughs> I don't know that it feels it doesn't feel natural because they're in that they still look like, you know, you still look at them and, and remember when they had the husky voice and they would, you know, <laughs> say certain cute things like my daughter used to call sunscreen sunscreen, you know, like they're not quite the height of a young adult. So even that struggle for parents to look at that middle schooler, early high schooler and say, okay, I want to treat you like I did when you were an elementary child, a younger child, but I have to restrain my own feelings to help you become everything that you were created to be. Yeah. And that's, that, that can be challenging. But as you were saying that, it made me think of it made me think of something else. Another point that that popped into my head was just making sure um, that when life is teaching our kids those lessons, um, that our kids recognize that we've messed up too. You know what I mean? You know, for you to say, you know, oh, I know that doesn't feel good. You know, the natural question is, well, how do you know, mom, that it doesn't feel good? Oh, I I could tell you a story or two um, about a time when this happened. And that does a couple things. It, It helps our kids be able to see that the problem that they're facing is not a problem that only affects them. 
that it affects them and their peers, whether their peers are saying so or not, their peers are dealing with those same things. But at the same time, this is a situation that we as moms have dealt with before, right? We know what it's like to not be included in something. We know what it's like to, you know, be left out. We know what it's like to, um, to feel embarrassed. And that's why another thing about these middle school years in the parenting is this is a good time um, for us to, to start being more real with our kids um, and letting them know, hey, I, I've, I've been there before. I, I, know what, I know what it means to feel the way you're feeling. And we can start to share um, as appropriate, you know, some of those times in our lives where, you know, we really, really messed up. Um, but, and they can see you messed up at age 12, mom, but look, you're here today and you're doing okay. We can, you know, we can overcome those things. Our kids in middle school really need to see parents, not just as parents, right? But that's, that's the first hat we wear, the parental hat, but that we're also people. Um, and we've messed up. And those were the times where, you know, my, my daughter might be crying about something or she might be upset about something. And I can say, man, you know, I hate to, I hate to see you upset like this. It's okay to tell them that, right? I'm really, it breaks my heart to see that you're, you're really upset about this. And then, you know, that kind of reminds me, can, can I share something with you? That's what I do. I ask a question. Can I, can I, can I share this with you? Cause sometimes they don't want to hear it, but most of the time my kid will, you know, will say, yeah, mom, you can share. And I can tell them a story about, you know, something I did in high school or something I did in middle school and, and the lesson that I learned from that. And many times it makes them feel better because they see their moms as women who have it together. This is the mom who knows everything. This is the mom who fixes everything. This is the mom who has everything in place. I cannot believe that this woman is the one who was embarrassed in middle school when, when X, Y, and Z happened. It, it's a good time for us to start really getting real with our kids and just letting them know that we're not perfect, that we've messed up too. They appreciate that sometimes. And that these things don't end our world. It's not the end of the world. And and not not to use that phrase, because that could be very um kind of not not taking into perspective the pain that they're in. You know, I, mm-hmm. I want to be like, really, does this really matter? I mean, you know, I've got all these other things I'm dealing with and I it's tempting to be like, oh, it's not the end of the world. Just move on. Right. Right. But on the flip side of the coin to say, hey, I I hear you. I get it. But guess what? You're going to this is this will pass. This yeah. will fade. You will continue on and probably make bigger mistakes. <laughs> Like, let's be honest, right? So like just, and I say to my kids all the time, well, now you know how not to do it. Mm, Simple as that. I love that. Now you know how, I'm writing that down. (laughs) Yeah, I got got it from a Disney movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Now you know how not to do it. It, yeah, it, it because you don't is. know. You don't know what you don't know, right? I mean, right? we we kind of, I think sometimes we project onto our children to have this idea that they should know. They should know. And so when they make a mistake, I think they kind of pile on their own guilt, like, oh, I should have known. And I look at my kids sometimes and I say, why do you think you should have known that? Nobody, mm. nobody thinks that you should have known that. You've never experienced that before. But now you know how not to do it. Yeah. It's it's those life lessons that, you know, that will help them out. And, that, and, and when they see the mistakes that they've made, 
Um, I see my kids also talking to one another about it. Look, this is what I messed up on. Do not, do not do this. And I can see even with my, my college student speaking to her younger sisters, just about, you know, how things, how mistakes that she made and how things worked out for, for her. It, I, I like your point about how, you know, the world is not going to stop spinning because, you know, we, we made a certain mistake and they, they do need to be able to see that. Um, and, and if we, if we teach them those things now, right here in our homes, we don't have to worry about them flipping out at work when they're on their job or anything like that. I remember my uh, daughter got a job a couple years ago and, um, she, she was working at a grocery store and she had that terrible experience of a customer yelling at her mm-hmm. um, and, you know, doing it publicly in front of other people. And I remember I went to pick her up and, you know, she came out of the store with this brave face on. But as soon as she got in the car, there was just like tears and the frustration. And, you know, she said, Mom, I was just embarrassed and I, I can't believe they treated me. She treated me that way. And so I asked her, I said, well, how did you respond to it? What, what was your response? And she told me and I said, well, how do you feel like that was the appropriate response? We talked about that. And then, you know what I gave her time to do? I gave her time to say, she said, what I wanted to say, Mom, was this. <laughs> And I gave her that time, you know, I asked her, I said, well, I'm just wondering what exactly, sweetheart, what would you have said? And she told me what she would have said. And after she told me, I said, well, how come you didn't go and say that? Why didn't you? That's what you wanted to say. And there was a great discussion that we had about self-control, the need to keep our job, um, and how to, you know, still maintain our dignity when people are not treating us in, in, the, in a kind way. There's just because what I you know what I wanted to do. I wanted to park my car, leave my kid in the back seat, and I wanted to march into that store and let somebody have it. But, you know, that's the worst thing you can do as a middle school mom. And I would not have done that. I didn't. But that that mom need that that need that we have, that that desire that we have to want to just protect them and fix things for them. We can't we can't always do it. And we kind of little by little just have to take our hands off and just be there to kind of guide them. Well, and I think this age is a perfect kind of um practice ground, right? So so we're transitioning and and we're recognizing that we're transitioning with them. And I don't care how many times you have transitioned, just like just like when you give birth, you have to transition again, right? right. It doesn't matter that you transition <laughs> with your first child. Right. It's kind of the same concept. Like we have to be mindful that with each child we will transition with them. And if we start at these ages, allowing them the space and asking them questions so that they start to be mindful, it can only propel us into the next phase. And it can only do us all good if we start at this phase. Yeah, I like what you said just now about giving them space. That's, you know, that's an important thing, because when they're small, um, at least in our household, we were together, you know, all of the time. We just we just did stuff together um, always. And so, I mean, no one was smothered or anything like that, but it was just a family dynamic. We would take family trips together. We would go to the library together. We would take walks together. We would do this. And I remember this was during during COVID. 
um, my middle schooler, you know, she, she came to me and she said, I want to take a walk and here's me. Okay. I'll go get my jacket. I'm, I'm ready to go with you. And she said to me, I don't want you to come with me. I want to go by myself. And inside I'm thinking to myself, she was, we always walk, like we always go walking together. And I went right away. Why doesn't she want me to walk? Did I say something? Did I do something? Am I look, does she, am I embarrassing her? It was none of those things. My kid wanted to walk by herself. And I understand that because sometimes I want to do things by myself. And again, back to your point in the beginning where we were talking about taking things personally, you know, she actually said to me, she was like, mom, it's nothing personal. I just want to take a walk by myself and listen to music. And so I let her go out and she walked by herself and she had a good walk and she came back and she was ready to go do whatever it was that she wanted to do. But if I had said, nope, 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 I'm coming with you. What a mess that would have been. You know, she she would have felt like I was smothering her. You know, it's not like she said, Mom, I want to drive to California. You know, she just wanted to take a walk around the neighborhood. So when we give them space to kind of do what it is they want to do, I think it does a couple of things. It allows them time to, to think on their own, right? But it also shows that we respect them you know, that, and that we trust them. You know, when my, when my, when my daughters are off and away and they're doing something, you know, I'm not there thinking, oh, I wonder what she's doing in, you know, in her room. Is she doing this? Is she doing that? No, she's in a room because she wants to, she wants to have a quiet time. She wants to be away from the rest of the family. So giving, giving our kids the space that they need is really, really helpful because sometimes it, it almost serves as like, like a reset. I remember, um, you know, we were talking before about naps, right? And how just having that short 30 minute power nap can help to reset some help to reset your brain. But when my kids are able to go off by themselves and just do things, that helps them too. And it gives them time to just really get comfortable with being by themselves, and not always having to have a phone in their hands or having to, you know, talk to somebody. You know, sometimes it's just good to just, you know, just sit and giving them the space to do that and just do what it is they want to do for a short amount of time away from other people, that that's valuable. They need space as they get older. And as moms, you know, we want to, you know, at least me, I'm going to just speak about myself. I'm not going to talk about anybody else, but I just want to smother them all the time and just tell me what you need. What is it that you want? What is it that I can do for you? And my kids are like, mom, I want you to leave the room and close the door and let me breathe. And not, I'm not upset about it anymore, but it's, it's, it's good for us to let them have that space. It reminds me of when babies are in develop at certain stages of development, right? And when a mom leaves the room, a, you know, a child at some point doesn't believe that mom exists outside of what they can see, right? Mm-hmm. And I I don't know why no one ever told me as a parent that I was going to actually revisit that phase because I'll be sitting around going, wait, my kids don't live or breathe because I'm in the room. Like they have their own thoughts, their own goals, their own ideas. And Andrea, I know this sounds so dumb, but like it has been groundbreaking for me. <laughs> and totally. I feel like I should, I should have known this. I, I don't know why it just comes to me and I'm like, oh, wait, they, they, they're thinking right now and it is independent of me and it has nothing to do with me. But that's a weird, I don't know if if you experience that, if I'm like the only parent that has this like revelation, like, oh, wait, just like a baby thinks that 
when the mom is no longer in the room, the mom no longer exists in her world. Like not true. Same with my middle schooler. When I am not in the room, she still is existing outside of me. And I just, I tell you what, when I started to like think through this, I was like, Jana, why are, why do you act so dumb sometimes? <laughs> like, why is this groundbreaking? I think that's just how moms are. I think that's just how moms are in general. But you know what that means though? When we can leave them by themselves and they can do things on their own because we've given them space, you know, we are with them. We're up here in their heads with them, right? We're not necessarily in the same room, but my kids will say they'll do things and they'll be like, I heard you. You weren't you weren't even here when this was going on, but I heard you inside of my head. So we're always, you know, we're with them, but it's it's that physical part that we have to get used to knowing that because we've 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 laid the foundation, right? In the earlier years, in those elementary years, hopefully we were listening to our kids. We were talking with our kids. We were, you know, sharing our hearts with our kids. And so even now we're not in the room with them, but we are there with them. They they've listened to us. They know what they've been taught and we can't underestimate how far how far that will go. But I agree. It's it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird feeling. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. You've been asking for it and now we have it. Payment plans. Bookshark now offers an in-house no interest, no fee payment plan that spreads your payments over three, six, even nine months. You'll see this new option when you check out. Select credit card, then choose payment plan. You'll still get your curriculum immediately with speedy FedEx shipping, but you won't have to pay the full amount all at once. What a relief to the budget, right? Find details, restrictions, plus a payment plan calculator on the Bookshark website under About. We're making it easier than ever to fit the best secular literature-based curriculum into your budget. And I think another thing that is going to help parents thrive instead of just survive this time is coming to that recognition that we actually this is was the end goal, right? We wanted to produce independent producing members of society. That that was the goal. And I feel as though for me personally, sometimes I forget that that's my goal, right? Because up until this point, you did we do everything with them. They wake up, we're awake. We feed them. We take them to where they need to go. We're homeschooling, we're schooling with them. And then this transition comes and we're like, "Wait a second." You want to do something without me? You want to do something outside of this space that we've created together? And and I have to be mindful that, yes, Jana, because that is the goal. She is her own person. Yeah, that that is, yeah, that's, that is the goal, you know, and we would do a disservice to them, right? If we were constantly holding on to them, because then we run the risk of hindering them, right? They, they, they constantly have to turn around and ask us 20 million questions when all we've been doing this whole entire time is getting them ready to just go off and do what it is they need to do. And, you know, I have that middle schooler now, but I also have, I have the benefit seeing what it looks like in college. 
Um, because my daughter will call me and she'll be like, man, mom, I am so glad you taught me how to do this. Or, you know, remember when we had that, you know, that disagreement about this? Oh, man, I'm so glad we worked it out now because she sees other people who may not have grown up in the same circumstance that she has grown up in. And she's saying, I'm, I'm just glad for the things that you taught me because I'm able to do some things on my own. And I, it just it makes me happy to know that she's on a college campus and she's able to survive and she's doing what she needs to do. But the reason she's able to do that is because in middle school, she had a safe place to make mistakes. She had someone to listen and give direction as needed. And now she can go off and do that. But the good thing about it is you don't even have to wait for it to, for it to hit college. Like just I remember when my my middle child was in middle school and there were things that she said she couldn't do, just told me up and down, I'm never going to be able to do this. This isn't going to be able to work. I can't handle it. And then just to see next year at that same time and love say, you know, remember this time last year when you had this class and, you know, your main concern was this and you were so worried about that. And she's like, oh, yeah. That wasn't even a problem. Like, you know, now this that I'm going through, this is a little bit different. But just being able to, you know, to watch them. My mom tells me because uh, I call her a lot and I talk to her about mothering and stuff. And she says, your goal right now is to work yourself out of a job in certain areas. And that makes me, you know, that makes me feel so good. You know, I, I don't have to sit down beside you from now on while you're doing your homework. I can go put some laundry in or answer an email while you're working on your math and I can come back and check and see how you're doing. So that that that's a good that's a good point as well. That's what we want to do. We want them to be prepared so that when they leave us, they're not falling apart. And because you've done such a good job of working yourself out of a job, you have opened up time for yourself to kind of reconnect with the Andrea prior to children. You were a teacher and now you are an author. So now you have this time to to kind of go full circle and 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 work yourself out of this job. But this job actually helped you be better at your next job. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how things work? Sometimes when we're in the midst of homeschooling, you have to give up so much of yourself um, during during that time. Um, and you're because it's because you're constantly putting other people's needs in front of you. But now that I have kids who are in middle school and high school, I they don't need me as much. So I do have time. I have time to write. I have time to go speak and talk to other moms um, who are just behind me and looking, you know, I think those those moms with kids in elementary and early middle school look at moms like you and me and think, oh my gosh, they have it all together. And I'm like, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. We've, we've learned some things the hard way. And now I have that opportunity to be able to talk to other homeschooling families, talk to other moms and just, you know, share the things that I know. And then also um, what people want is they want somebody to listen to them. They don't always want advice. And so sometimes when I go to speak, I'll, I'll do my, my thing. And then, you know, you talk to the people afterwards and they thank you, but there's just stuff they want to get off of their chest. And they're glad to hear um, that you went through it too and you survived. Um, and not just survived, like you said, but are thriving um, because of it. So that's 
that's one thing that makes me happy. And just being able to write from the time I was in third grade, I knew I wanted to be a writer. And I was that kind of kid who, you know, your the teacher would give us our spelling words and we would have to write sentences for them. And I thought that was like the best thing in the world. And I remember one day I was in third grade, the teacher was giving back the tests and she was talking to another teacher outside the door. And she said, she said to the teacher, she said, this little girl, Andrea over here, oh my goodness, her spelling sentences are the best. I love reading her spelling sentences every week. She's going to be a good writer one day. And I just remember just thinking at like at eight years old, oh my goodness, somebody thinks I'm a good writer. And so I journaled all the time. I wrote all the time. And when I had an opportunity to write two children's biographies, I was happy because I got to do something I loved, but also for the first time in a while, I had time to actually focus on those things and do those things. So to the moms who are sitting here now thinking, well, that's nice. Is that time ever going to come? It, it does come. And when you're in the midst of things in that day, it doesn't seem like it's going to come. But you will blink and look and be like, oh, my gosh, they're in high school. They're off, you know, they're off getting jobs and doing those things. So you do have that full circle that comes back to allow you to do personal things. So, Andrea, why don't you tell us um, what were the two children's books that you have authored thus far? So the first one that I did um, is, well, they're both um, children's biographies. One of them is called The Story of Jackie Robinson. Um, And we in the book, we talk about his childhood, his work in the civil rights movement, and of course, his his groundbreaking career in baseball. And then the other book uh, that I wrote is about um, NASA scientist Katherine Johnson. So that book is called The Story of Katherine Johnson. And where can our listeners find those stories? You can go right to Amazon and purchase them. Um, That's the easiest way to do it. And I have seen them for sale on Target's website as well. And something exciting for um, Bookshark is you are currently working on a unit study to go with your Catherine biography. Yes, 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 yes. I was very excited to have the opportunity to do that because Catherine Johnson's work is just such such groundbreaking work. And NASA would not be NASA in many ways without without Katherine Johnson's um, influence and her work there. So I am um, working on the unit study now. It's in progress and it will be done soon. So I look forward to being able to share Katherine Johnson's work, um, her life, and being able to give students activities to help them get to know Katherine Johnson better as well. And so those who are listening, Bookshark offers free unit studies. They're available on our website. So you can go to bookshark.com slash freebies and look for those unit studies. Andrea, I want to thank you so much for coming on and talking with me and helping me work through some of my own angst about um, homeschooling a middle schooler. You are welcome. It's, it's always good when moms can get together and talk about things. It helps us both feel better. It does. And I hope that those who have listened today also feel better and have permission to be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable in this journey of life, Uh, whether you're homeschooling first time homeschoolers with young children or longtime homeschoolers with older children. It is important to know that you have permission to be you and that you're doing a great job. So we just want to say keep up the good work. Thank you, guys. Until next time. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. 
be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com slash podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.